Hello, and welcome to another episode of Just Talk with Joe Meyer. I'm your host, Joe Meyer. Thank you for being here once again on another evening, Sunday evening, that is. And uh, thank you for being here. And uh, it's been a couple weeks, and I always felt like I have to check in and see how everyone's doing and, and let you know how I'm doing out there. And whoever's listening, right? Um, but let me start off with um, our traditional song. It kicks off the mood a little bit, right? And, and then we'll go a little bit into what this talk is going to be about, right? So so let, let's kick it off. This one is actually um, an artist that you probably never heard before. Um, maybe you have. I don't know. Her, their name is Hailstorm. And uh, this one's called Amen. And I really like it. It's just a great song. That's not a Christian singer or anything. They're they're uh, rock, I guess you could say, right? So, but I really like the 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 meaning behind it in the song. So, here it is. Can I get an amen? It's not a Christian song, but you know, in times of pain, in times of hardship, in times of adversity, when something 
amazing happens in your life. Maybe it's a new job. Maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it's a new child. Maybe it's a lot of different things. When we are going through our hardest time and we push through it and we make it and we get through that trial, that hardship. Now, I'll admit, it's hard because sometimes those trials last a while. Hopefully, certain things don't last you to the point of so much you're going to break, like loss of a job, right? Many people out there are hurting right now for, for hungry for a job, literally hungry, because they can't get one, right? They can't get one because they are putting out their resume. They are qualified, but companies are failing to see them, right? And we're all we're we're all at risk. Every one of us, right? Unless you're a multi-billionaire or millionaire where you don't have to worry about money or insurance or any of those things, then you then most of us have to worry, right? This year, especially, has been one of those years where it really put the fear of God into me. And um, although I'm still young, I'm still only 43, every year I get older, it ticks closer to a certain age where people look down on you, right? Where people feel that you are incapable. And that's society, right? And this may sound a little hard to hear, but what do you do at that point when you get to the age of 50, 55, 60, and you need a job and you need to support yourself and your family? What do you do at that point? Do you just give up? You can't, obviously. Do you just take whatever they can give you? Sometimes. And sometimes that's not even enough because people still need to survive. Still people need to eat, right? Some people still have kids to support, right? Personally, I, I this may blow your mind, and this is not something as as something I'm encouraging anybody to do. But this is my frame of thought, and it's been it's been thinking about this. Well, what if I was to lose my job or not have a job at like fifties or? You know, I, I just can't get one. It took months and months, and it was, I just couldn't find nothing. Maybe it took a year. What would I do? How would I support my family? I would most likely probably end my life at that point. I'm sorry to say. Because my life, you know, although one would say, we'll just keep pushing forward, never give up. But yeah people still have to eat, right? People still have to survive. My family still has to be okay. And I put my family first, right? I put my family first, their financial well-being, their security comes first, right? And if I have to do that, I will. Now you may say, well, how does one, what does ending your life do? Um, well, 
this is if you have um, life insurance, right? They will pay you out, right? Now, there are some caveats um, that obviously you can't take out life insurance and then end your life a month later, right? There are some clauses that prevent you from doing those type of things. But there, there's what's called the suicide clause, right? Um, which means that after two years usually, if you end your life, they are required to pay out that sum, right? To your family, whatever life insurance it may be, right? They're required. And you know, that makes sense because it's, it's not your family's fault. Your life is no longer here. It's not, why should they suffer? Why should your kids and wife suffer or husband suffer? Right now, again, I'm not encouraging anybody to ever do that. But I probably would. Right? My family always will come first. See, we live in a world where financially, that's what matters in this world, right? Now, I know. Being a, a believer and Christian, you may say, well, uh, you know, you say you're a Christian, but you would end your life. That that, that goes against what God would want. And, and you're right. You're right. We're not supposed to end our life. We are supposed to depend on God, right? We are supposed to wait on Him to provide. And He does, right? But God doesn't say when. God doesn't say how long it's going to take. God doesn't say what he's going to provide to you. And yes, we're supposed to be waiting, but what about those who need to pay their bills? They need to eat, right? Now again, God's our provider. He provides, right? But it still doesn't make it easier sometimes, right? So again, I don't know. I hope I never come to that day, right? But my family will always come first, right? This time in my life, I am working, I am teaching. Things are going well. I'm still in learning and training, so I haven't really started doing my job yet, right? Which is not a bad thing. Right now, um, where I'm at, it's their busy season, which means that from now until like probably mid-January, this is their peak season um, because I work in uh, in human capital management or, you know, and, you know, if you look for companies like, I won't say the one I work for, but if you look for companies like, like ADP, Paycom, Gusto, you know, some of the, one of those HR company, HR management companies, I work for one of them, right? And um, that's what I do, right? There's a lot of opportunity there, a lot of growth, a lot of incredible people. Many people that I work with have been there over 15, 20 years, over 10 at least, which is fantastic. That's amazing. Right? I only pray that I get that kind of longevity. Right?
the people there are incredibly kind, hardworking, decent folks who have families, who are intelligent, hardworking, respected people. In our in my department, we lost one of them, didn't die, but she went to another company being with us for over 34 years. And um, she was one of the ones that hired me along with my manager. And um, it was sad. It was really quite sad. Her name is Emmy. And um, she was incredible. Right. And... Um, it is my belief that the reason why she left another company is because our company would not allow her to work full-time remote. And she lived quite far from the office. And so she had a commute and she's been with the company for 34 years and that blew my mind. Now, I don't know the circumstances, so I can't really assume like they just wouldn't let her. I don't know, you know? I know what a drain it is to drive an hour one way, an hour and a half, two hours going back, you know, it, it's draining. It is very tiring, you know? Certainly. But I wish her the luck, I wish her best. I know she'll be fine, I know she'll be great, right? And I just look to um, what kind of future I will have here at the company. Looking forward to a long future. And, I, and I'm very grateful to her for providing this opportunity. This year, already in November, getting into Thanksgiving season. And I like this time of year. I don't like that you have to pay so much because it's an expensive time of year with holidays and Christmas and buying this and buying that and, and, and all the money involved. This is the most expensive time of year, right? But it's also an incredibly special time of year. It's a time of year to be thankful. It's a time of year to, to, to really focus on what's important in this life, right? And we should. We must. Because we do have, as people, have things to be grateful for, right? We certainly do. And I'm happy to spend this time, you know, with family and eat. Now, uh, the pounds on me have been creeping back, which really has concerned me, right? And I, I feel like I, I need to get back up and start losing weight once again. And I still need to get, I need to get my weight down again. I need to lose at least 20 or 30 pounds. 
I even went to my doctor and asked him to provide prescribe me uh, Wacovi, which is a weight loss drug, which is similar to Ozampic, but it's for weight loss, right? It's for weight management. It's not for diabetes, right? And it works the same. It's an injectable, right? And uh, my wife is against it, obviously. She, she does not want me to, you know, take that, right? She's worried about the side effects, right? And I, I mean, I don't blame her. There are some side effects. Some of them are a little concerning. And I hope they don't happen to me if I end up taking it. Something like um, stomach paralysis, right? Things of that nature. But again, who knows if I'll get it. Right now, um, they're on back order, right? Um, or they're, so they, they need to make more. And I don't think we're probably not going to get more until um, probably beginning of next year. Maybe even sooner, who knows. But most likely that's when it's going to take place, right? Um, but I'll let you guys know what happens, right? Certainly what happens. But anyways, um, right now I'm just sticking by, right? I am living in a, in a sense of regret right now. Not in regret um, for the job I take on where I'm where I'm at today. I'm very grateful and thankful to God for providing that opportunity. But it's hard not to live in the past. And I'm trying not to. I'm trying to move forward, right? And I'm I'm sure I'll get past it. Things are getting a little better, but financially things have been incredibly hard this year. I mean incredibly. Still keeping the lights on, of course, still being able to have not things taken away from me like my car, thank goodness. Still putting food on the table. But uh, it's been hard. My mental health has took a toll. I am starting to get back into feeling a little bit better, being able to rest at night, sleep okay again, uh, getting my exercise in as much as I can so that I can uh, help manage my mental health. There are things that I'm doing right now, such as I'm writing a memoir, right? Now, some of you may find that funny, like, oh, well, you're, you're, you're nobody. Like, why would you need to write a memoir? Like, you're not a famous celebrity or musician or somebody where people would want to know about your life. And you're right. I am a nobody. But this memoir will actually be not for... Well, I'll, I'll allow it to be out there to the public. Um, but it's actually going to be more for my daughter. It's going to be more for my family. It's going to be a history of my life. And I already have a title in mind. And I'm going to try to put some graphics in there, images, pictures, things of that nature. 
I, I, I'm going to do my best. Um, it's not going to be a color book, I don't believe, but it's going to, it's going to be, um, faith or Christian based. Um, and, and what I'm doing right now is I'm just going through all the major events in my life from childhood into today, right? So it takes time. It takes time. And then I have to go back and obviously edit it and add scriptures and different things. I haven't added any scriptures in there yet. I've just been writing it, right? Going through the events and uh, getting through those events. And hopefully once I get through it, I can revert back to it, edit it, format it, make it look nice. And then finally, finally, finally get it into print. But it might be a while. Um, I'm I'm more focused next on two things. I'm editing or I'm trying to finalize edits on my current fiction book, which I hope to get out next year. I don't think I want to put it out this year because I put out my other book, The Pox, in June. So I want to give it a little time. And I don't want to feel so rushed. And this book... um, I want to go through it again. I'm going to edit it probably one more time. But I've, I'm finalizing certain pieces. I put in a dedication. I put in a prologue. Uh, I put in an afterward. Um, uh, a little different than my last, my first book. Um, but it's, it's, it does have a, this book does have a special place in my heart. Um, I'm still, I have a working title called The Menagerie. But I'm still working on titles. I may change it. I remember um, the pox. I actually didn't name it the pox originally. I named it the tick or something like that. Um, and I really didn't think of the, the real name for the box, the pox, until like the very end where I had to look at it and, and really think about the story that I wrote and try to create a name that would really signify what that what was it about and when you think of a pox you know you think of smallpox or something like that right like a sickness right and that's really what it's about right um but i don't know the menagerie i like the title so far but i may change it um the book it resolve revolves around a circus and it takes place between the nineteen late nineteen seventies, early eighties. Okay. Um, there's the paranormal aspect to it. There's a mystical Native American aspect to it, um, and all these different influences were things that I grew up with. Right. Although some of the people's names in here were relevant to people that I have come across in my life, even up till recently, and from the past. So I give them life in the book, right? I try to do that. I give people life into the book, right? You know? And I love doing that. I did it for the pox as well. Um, it, it is going to be a shorter book. I don't know how many... Uh, there's about 57,000 
words so far. So I think there's about 250 words per page. So it's going to be about 228 pages, which is not that bad, actually. That's if it comes out to 228 pages, which if it does, again, that's that's a pretty good book, right? Most average size books are probably around uh, 60,000 to 80,000 words, right? The Pox was actually around, I think, 90 to 100,000 words, right? So significantly a good more amount of words, right? So I am fine-tuning my craft a little bit, shortening what I, how much I write, and um, getting better, trying to be more descriptive in my writing, but not being so long-winded, right? But again, I don't know who's going to read it. It's for an audience, but it's not, it's really meant, like I've said this before, it's really meant for my family, my daughters, my way of having something tangible for them to have when I'm not here one day. Right? Now, I don't know when that will be. Some of you have heard me talk a lot about death and suicide and things of that nature. And um, it scares me because I have to be careful what I say, who listens. Um, because I don't want you to ever feel like that's the answer. The reason I talk about it is because I use this platform um, to vent, to, to create this way of therapy for myself, for all of you listening out there. And hopefully if you listen, you hear me, right? And you hear my words and you hear what's important to me, right? There's a lot that goes on in my heart and my mind, right? And right now, it's a very difficult time. Even in society, even in our own lives, people are struggling out there, right? I see it. I, I go on LinkedIn almost quite often, and I see the struggles that people are going through every day, right? They're really struggling. They're fighting to survive. And I, and I don't remember ever being like this. We are in a state where people are fighting and because companies are just carelessly letting people go. Now I get it. Some would say, well, they have to survive. Companies have to care about their bottom line. They have to care about their, their shareholders. I, I get that. But it's just been amazing after the last few years. Many companies have shed so many Thousands and thousands of workers. I'm, I'm talking a couple, at least a couple hundred thousand. That's a lot of people. It's painful out there. Right? I've tried to be adaptable in my career where to go in industries where 
if something changes in the future, I will still have newer skills, skills that will allow me to continue in different industries to be flexible. There are some that stay in specific industries and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but sometimes they're, you know, they're not transferable all the time and certain companies are unwilling to give you a chance because, because it's so different, right? I came from financial services, came from banking, right? And now I'm part of uh, human resource capital, human capital management, right? Um, it's a completely different industry, but it's also an industry that is similar to finance. I deal or I will be dealing eventually with the employment tax because that's the department or a division that I'm a part of. So I'm going to learn a lot about that. And I learn a lot about the many different states. You know, it's, it's only within the United States. And there may be some Canada out there, but who knows? But who knows what's going to happen? I'm looking forward to next year when probably the training will begin. But we'll see. But again, people have been incredible there. You know. All right, let me play this next song, right? And I think... Um, this is a song I may have played, but it's been a long time. But let me play it. It's one of my favorites by Guns N' Roses, GNR, right? And hopefully they like it.
I like Guns N' Roses. Axl Rose. But anyways. Play that in the background a little bit. <laughs> we are... As a country, we are stepping into... A time where the... Um, presidential elections will take place. 2024, right? A year from now. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be madness. There may be riots. There may be division. There may be hate. There may be anger. It's going to... It's going to be crazy. Hard to believe it's... It's almost been four years since... Our last current president was chosen, right? I don't really talk about politics. I, I don't like politics. I, I, I feel there's great division. Regardless if you're, you know, whoever you are, I'm sure there's a lot of qualified people to run a country. It's not a job that everybody can do. It's not something that you have a manual for, right? But it's an important role. They are the face of the nation, right? But again, we'll hear a lot more about politics in the future as we move along. Right now, you know. Let me um, do something that I haven't probably done in an hour, but let me read one of our devotionals. So we are already in November. November 5th, right? Alright, so this one's called, Whom Do You Serve? Knowing that from the Lord you will serve the reward of inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Scripture teaches us that every Christian is given spiritual gifts at the time of their salvation. Each Christian is divinely gifted to serve as part of Christ's body, to be the hands and heart of Jesus. These gifts showing mercy, teaching, serving, leading, encouraging, and more are to be used for building up the church and serving Christ. But our spiritual gifts aren't the only ways we serve Christ. Each of us has natural talents and abilities that God gives us, and we are to use them to serve Him as well. Why do we have these gifts and abilities? To serve the Lord Christ. Our leadership skills or, or communication prowess or commit compassion may help us in career or family life, but ultimately we are to use all of God has given us to serve Him. And in doing so, we are to do it all into the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 Peter tells us that each one of us has received the gifts, ministered it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. That in all things God may be glorified. 1 Peter 4.10 As you serve those around you through your gifts and abilities, remember you are serving Christ and bringing glory to God. Right. Amen to that. Right. And, you know, one of the pastors that I listen to, uh, I mean, I listen to many pastors um, one of my on my way to drive to work. Right. I drive to work and I drive Monday through Thursday. 
go to the office early in the morning. I get, I leave the house around 6.15 to get there around 7. And uh, lift in, I often listen to Pastor Skip Isaac. And, but one of the pastors I listen to uh, right now, just virtually, is Art Reyes of Calvary Chapel Downey. That is my home church that I gave my life to Christ to many years ago. Um, but my other church that I attend close by is uh, Calvary Chapel Transformation Calvary, and they're in Rancho Cucamonga. And uh, I will start going back there um, with my family because we need to go back. We, need to, we, we depend on God, and uh, we need His Word and His encouragement each and every day. And... I need my daughter to have those things in her life as well. She is 10. She's in the fifth grade. Um, I think she struggles with math at times, and I try to support her. But I'll be honest, some of that math is a lot different than I grew up with. Well, maybe it isn't. Maybe I just haven't done it in so long. <laughs> You know, like fractions and dividing fractions and decimal points. And 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 when she asks me for help, I find it very challenging. I feel like a dumbass. And I know she struggles. She gets a lot of accolades and awards for her writing. Um, things of that nature. So, you know, she loves to do that. Right? Um, so it's always nice to see, right? But other than that, you know, very proud, you know, very proud of her. And, uh, no matter what, every child is different. Some children are incredibly gifted at certain subjects. And not that, not that those children who aren't good at are not gifted or they're dumb or something. They're not. They just have different abilities, right? different gifts that we have to take notice of. Oftentimes as parents, we may want to see our children um, be great at science or math and may think that reading or writing is not as important, but it is. Or we want our kids to be great at athletics or music or something of that nature, right? Um, but at the end of the day, when children graduate school or finish high school or all those K-12, in my opinion, they get a fresh start when they get older to take their life in directions. Um, And wherever they want to go. There are many people out there who were not the best students. And I'm not saying my daughter isn't a great student. She is a good student. Um, she's very similar to me in a way, which which a little scary because she, I wasn't great at math, but I was great at, I, I wouldn't say great, but I was good at writing, social studies, things of that nature, history. I like history, you know. 
projects. I love doing projects, arts and crafts. I love doing all that stuff, right? And, um, you know, I think she is too. She's very creative. She knows how to put together, like, these short movies. And even a few years ago, she was using apps. And I was like, I don't even know how to use this, right? And she made them. Incredible. She she loves games, you know, but she plays a lot of games on her iPad. Roblox, um, other types of games. She has a, you know, Nintendo Switch, right? And I, I have games of my own, which I have some Ninja Turtle games, right? <laughs> that I played. I have to play them again or pick up where I left off because those they're fun, right? I love playing them, right? Um, but I, I, I pray that she doesn't have the issues that I have with self-worth, that she doesn't have the issues that I have with of feeling invaluable, or not feeling valuable because I try to every day uplift her and tell her how much she's loved and how I, I, how important she is. And although I'm not going to say my mom or dad didn't do it, I didn't hear it very often. I often was heard how stupid I was, how worthless I was. I was often yelled at, screamed at by who I call the devil, which is my grandfather. He doesn't even deserve that title, which is my mother's father. My other grandfather, which is my father's father, which was very loving, uh, a, a tough man though. His name was Moses, um, but he loved us, and he died in uh, 2003, I think. Uh, he died of Alzheimer's, so he was a World War II vet, right? Tough as nails kind of guy, but he had a, he had a tough exterior, but he had a soft heart. Just had to get to know him, right? But anyways, I, I pray for my daughter. I pray that she goes to school. Sometimes she doesn't want to go to school. Sometimes she refuses or she doesn't. She, she When she wakes up, she doesn't want to wake up because she's like a rock to get up. And I, I really am not the type of dad to just pull her out of bed and start screaming or spanking her or yelling at her. I, I really don't feel I want to do that to her. Now, some parents may do it. They may yank their kids out of bed, may scream at them, throw water on them, force them out of bed, make them go to school. I get it. Uh, it's hard because during the week, most of the week, Monday through Thursday, my wife or her mother, obviously, and my father take her to school and drop her off and pick her up. And we, we really don't want any drama, right? We really don't want any drama. Right. So, you know, certainly we try to avoid that the best way we can. <laughs> there are days where she doesn't want to go to school. She's already missed quite a bit of school um, because she's had issues at school with the teacher. Right. It is my belief that she doesn't like her teacher. Um, I, I believe that was from day one. When she told me, like, oh, I said, oh, there's your teacher. And she's like, yeah, I heard she's really mean. And I was like, oh, well, you don't. I told her, you don't really know that. And she didn't say anything. But maybe she knew. Kids know. right? Maybe a teacher is mean. And some of you out there will be like, well, yeah, there are mean teachers. 
I have nothing against the teacher itself. What I find a little strange, what some of you may not find strange, um, is that this woman, she doesn't have any kids. She lives, you know, she has, she's married. She has, I think, two dogs, which I know it may not seem, oh, well, that's not all that ordinary. What's wrong with that? Nothing necessarily. It's nice when you have teachers who have kids. They at least understand what it means to have your own kids, right? Um, but again, everyone's different. I'm not saying she's not qualified. Of course, I'm sure she is very qualified, right? But again, um, there's every teacher is different, right? And again, I'm sure she's very she knows how to teach kids, right? And she is a good teacher, right? I'm sure of it. But anyways. <sighs> Wishing for all of you to have a great week. A blessed week as we move along in the year. Finishing out this year, for many of you who may not be are looking for work, who are struggling to find work, um, just wishing prosperity to all of you out there. Peace of mind in the struggle. Some of you have a better peace of mind than I do. Some of you have a stronger support system. Not saying I don't. I love my wife and daughter and family. Uh, but... Being jobless or when I was jobless um, gets pretty lonely, gets depressing. And during this time of year, um, people tend to end their life. If you are ever struggling and living in the United States, because I don't know if this works, but you can dial 988. And it's like our suicide crisis line. And what they'll do is they'll talk to you. You don't actually have to even talk to them. You can text them. And um, they will have a rep talk to you. And I've actually not that I was going to commit or do anything. But I actually tried it at one point. And they are incredibly caring people, whoever they are. They're patient with you. They take their time with you. They want to make sure you're okay. What they'll do is also, if you allow them to, they'll call you in a few days to check up on you to see if you're doing better, right? And um, it's a great, great thing that's been offered. So 988, right? If you're ever having thoughts of suicide, self-harm, please call that number. If it's much more serious than that, then please call 911 for emergency, right? Wherever you may be, right? I don't know what countries some people come listen to this podcast with, but if you're in another country, hopefully you have, I'm sure you have emergency services. You may not have like a suicide crisis line, but if you do, call, talk to somebody, please. All right. Well, I'm going to finish up here for the evening. 
But I want to wish all of you a great week, a great weekend. And until we talk again, thank you for for being here with me on another Just Talk with Joe Meyer. Um, Until next time, take care. It's my heart.